Welcome to episode 169 of Crack the Customer Code. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm here with the president-elect of Customerville, Adam Tepore. Adam, I cannot wait to go to the inauguration. I already have a gown picked out. That's a nice title. I like that. Well, I'll just keep you president-elect, though. <laughs> is that what it is? You're the president. You're the president who never leaves. <laughs> I never said I was the president. I'm just, you know, uh, not quite ready. <laughs> you're, not, you're not quite ready for me to take office. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, that don't take any uh, metaphor from that comment. That's all about me and Jeannie, because today we're actually going to talk about customer experience lessons from the Trump victory, and. Yes. Let's be clear, we're going to talk about politics, but we're not really going to talk about politics. Okay? Well, yeah. We're going to talk about politics with a with a small p. With a small <laughs> p. So right, here's the deal, because this has been crazy. Uh, first of all, if you're an international listener, bear with us, but you've probably been watching this stuff anyways. Whether you, you, know, you didn't vote for Mr. Trump, you didn't vote for Ms. Clinton, whatever, this show is not about that, so just... We're surprised here, the results. And one of, one of the things that's very interesting about this is that, so, I mean, some of the smartest people on the planet, tens of millions of dollars go into figuring out who is going to win and why and how they're going to win. They know it down to the zip code, down to the precinct, down to the block. Mm-hmm. Then they all got it wrong. And I think there's a um, lesson in customer experience for that. Yeah, I think so too. And I think the interesting part that we're kind of watching now in the United States after the election is the deconstructing of all of these these methods and methodologies because I think for a long time people have been thinking they have this information and they know what's going to happen and this election proved that uh, much of that was not as accurate not even (laughs) close to as accurate as they thought it would be. Well, right. Now, to me, that's the first takeaway, which is, you know, the polling didn't reflect the true emotions. The numbers, the data and the metrics didn't really show the emotional state of, we'll call them the customers here, you know, of the electorate. And, you know, when you look at it from a customer experience perspective, we always talk about silent attrition, you know, 96, mm-hmm. 98% of people don't complain, 91% just don't come back, depending on the study, there's lower numbers, higher numbers. But that's exactly what happened here. I mean, they completely underestimated a part of the electorate that doesn't show up, that mm-hmm. they were emotional. They're, they're, they're inactive customers, we'll call them. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what they were. They're inactive yeah. customers, and they assumed they were just sort of dormant. And no, they mm-hmm. were charged up, and they were strongly, had strong emotions, and it drove them to take action. Well, and I think tying this back to that customer experience journey that we talk about, sometimes when I'm speaking with clients, they talk about customers as if there's one or two groups and that's it. You know, they say, yeah, well, we spend a lot of time on onboarding and we get them in and they're really, they're really happy. And we've got these incredibly loyal customers who are so dedicated to us. And then we've got the ones who are complainers and we know why they leave. And it's like, there's this huge group in the middle (laughs) (laughs) and they don't spend any resources or have any attention for them because they literally think that they either have people who are diehard fans or complainers and that's it. And I think that's a mistake that, you know, it happened in our election, just like it happens when we look at 
our customer segments. And I think it's a really good lesson to remember that there's a whole group in the middle who may not be voicing concerns. They may not be singing your praises. And so you think neutral equals good. And I think that's a recipe for disaster because those people are going to leave you silently um, and they might even leave you silently and then start complaining to anybody who will listen. And that can do even more damage long term. From your mouth to the president-elect's ears, but I've heard you. <laughs> I hear my people, Jeannie. <laughs> oh, man, you are drunk with power. <laughs> drunk with power. Well, you know, I mean, that's, first of all, you know, we talk about psychology. That's human nature. To bifurcate, we just like simple solutions. A and B, there is not this range of a million versions, right? <laughs> Democrat, right. Republican, hater, mm-hmm. lover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it, that's it right? And that, yeah. that actually sort of segues into the second lesson, which is, misinterpreting people's responses and the fact that people one when they give you responses it's hard to interpret them sometimes and a lot of times they don't actually tell you the truth or they don't respond accurately and that you know the exit polls this is always an interesting thing in politics and in customer experience is knowing what's really important to somebody because you ask them a question and you get the answer and then you extrapolate from that so 20% of the people who voted for president elect trump literally said he did not have the temperament mm-hmm. to be president, but they voted for him anyway. So right. if, you're lo- if you're asking them before the election, does he have the temperament? Well, you assume that's a no vote, but no, mm-hmm. something else was more important. So you're saying, how was your experience with the service department today? Well, it was great. It was mm-hmm. wonderful. The people that sold me the product were the worst scumbags I've ever met in my life, yeah. and I <laughs> hate you people, but the service department was absolutely great. Uh, right? Yes. It's just, I mean, that's my last car buying experience. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I think another way that we as humans, we love to analyze each other. But if you think about your own kind of emotional state sometimes, if you're having an argument or if you're having a, let's say, a strong discussion, <laughs> um, sometimes we say things we don't really mean and then we have to go apologize and we have to say, I know I said that in the heat of the moment and I didn't mean it. And the same thing can happen when you ask somebody how they feel about a product or about a service or about a brand, because they are going to say something sometimes in, you know, a state of euphoria because they just got a huge discount. So they're feeling really good. So they're going to tell you they love this brand. Did you see what just happened? But that doesn't mean that the next time there's any hiccup, they're not going to say, I hate this brand. And same thing with vice versa. They might storm out of a store, but then go home and order online (laughs) 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 because they really wanted what they went there for. So emotions are complicated and 50% of decision-making is emotional, whether we know that or not. And so I think we really have to remember that um, when we're scanning for emotions, there's a lot of give and take, not only from the time, because emotions can last a moment or a lifetime. (laughs) Um, There's no real good gauge of that. And so I think it's really important to remember that when you're whatever you're seeing in the moment, whatever you are analyzing in the moment, we're all still very nuanced and we're all irrational. And we we have to know that going in and take that into account when we're analyzing our own data and our own analytics about human beings. Well, exactly. And you you mentioned the word. This is that's a great segue. You mentioned the word irrational. Mm -hmm. And. That's part of the problem is when we 
get these responses, we assume they're rational answers. And when if you watch any of this post-election coverage, oh, well, people said this, so they must feel that way. No, actually, just because they said it doesn't mean they feel right. that way. And we, right. know, we know that apparently better than the political people because mm-hmm. we talk about customer rationality all the time. You know, all these definite, uh, you know, cognitive biases that are in use, you know, negativity bias, confirmation bias, all these things that actually make what people say not indicative of how they truly feel. Right. And right. Na- navigating through that, you know, is very complicated. And that's, I think, part of what we looked at. And that takes us to the third lesson, which wow. is about the model. We're, you know, we're, we're all about keeping this one on track here. <laughs> no, but you know, the third lesson I took away from this was assuming the model you know is the model that still exists. Mm-hmm. And why wh- I take that away from the election was there was so much talk about uh, you know, white working class voters being the Trump supporters and that being his core base. And everybody was surprised at the end when Michigan and mm-hmm. Wisconsin and even Minnesota, the mm-hmm. strongly blue states, were all of a sudden in play. But as you know, we've talked about, if you look at the structure of why those were blue states, it was white working class voters, generally union-based in a lot of cases, but it was that union-based blue democratic coalition. And to be shocked... You know, that that model mm-hmm. changed, right? Everybody's like, well, how did that happen? Well, right. if you look at what is the basis of the model, it's gone. And when we talk about Kodak and Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and this is what I've always said about, like, when I started in the 90s and we were talking about, you know, building websites and they would say, my customers don't go online. And it's like, well, right. Today, that might be true. But tomorrow it won't be true. And if you're not prepared for that, and if you're not looking around at your marketplace, and if you're not looking around at your customers and assuming that they are checking out your competition. I mean, there are so many assumptions that are layered into everything we're talking about today. And I think that's the thing that, you know, you and I have talked about a lot on this show, but it's very true. Like, be careful of those assumptions because they can lead you down the exact wrong path. And I think that in this case, with the election, there were tons of layers of emotion, of assumptions and emotions, frankly, but assumptions about not only who those voters were, but also that voters didn't change. And that's the part that anybody can apply to their business, too. Like customers change. We have different needs. We have different scenarios at different times in our life. And so assuming that we're always going to behave the same way is just a totally false assumption. Right. Yeah. I mean, you and I, and I guess pretty much everybody that does what we do always sort of say that, you know, if, if you're a restaurant, your competition is not the restaurant on the corner. It's Amazon. Right. Because it's they, Uber Eats. They, or, <laughs> well, they've set the bar for what an experience should be. Yeah. And Apple yeah. and all these different companies and Starbucks, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. these experiences, these hassle-free, effortless, mm-hmm. customer-centric experiences or what people expect because they're getting them. Right. Even if they're in other verticals and other industries and all these other things, they're getting them. And that's, you know, that model. So the experience model may have shifted. Your restaurant looks the same. Your customer's mm-hmm. expectations from 15 years ago maybe mm-hmm. don't look the same. Right. Right. And I think that's true for B2C and B2B. And that's something that people overlook too. Because if I'm in a B2B situation as a customer, 
I, I'm still a customer in my real life of Amazon and those. And so those are my expectations, no matter where I'm a customer. So I don't, it, the other assumption that I see over and over is that they say, well, we're B2B, so we're different. So they don't have those same expectations. And I don't think that's true. We all want convenience. We all want uh, to be heard, which is one of the things that we saw in this election, right? Well, back to our original point. It's true and it's not true, right? There's Mm -hmm. nuance to it. Yeah, there are some dynamics that are certainly different. Right. But you're just just taking a broad brush and washing away all of it. And that's not true either, Mm -hmm. right? Right. So, yeah. yeah. And I'll, I'll tell a personal story here real quickly. I was like this about Twitter. And I do this because as president-elect, it's important that I relate to my people. <laughs> I was like this about Twitter. Somebody like, I don't know when, before about a mm-hmm. year before I actually got on Twitter, was like, they were like, you're not on Twitter? I was like, mm-hmm. well, I don't care what Lindsay Lohan had for lunch. No, right. I'm not on Twitter. That was my little dismissive response. Yes. And now I love it. Now it's probably my best platform, and now it's going mm-hmm. away. So that's a whole different issue. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's dying before my eyes. Yes, but but I yeah, know, I mean, so it, it's easy to to fall into these traps and into, yep. into these mind frames and especially with customers. So let's wrap up. So, let's, let's put a nice bow on it, Jeannie. Come on. So when am I going to get you on Pokemon go? Uh, no, I was right <laughs> about that one. Just because I was wrong once doesn't mean I was wrong every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh. so is exercise and other things I like. So. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to wrap it up since apparently <laughs> the, the the ADD from Pokemon has transferred over to this experience. Well, here's You're not the president yet, so I don't have to <laughs> listen to you. You know what? Uh, one thing every president finds out when they get into office is not as many people listen to them as they think. <laughs> That's true. It is usually a rude awakening for every one of them. But uh, I would say this. So I, I, if, if I was going to put a bow on this, I'd say it really don't rest on your laurels with Mm -hmm. customer data and what you think you know about your customers and customer experience. I mean, there's limits to how much you can know. You're not going to like, you can't, you can't hire a full-time psychologist, reach your customers, right? I mean, you've got, you've (laughs) got to make group decisions. You've got to use numbers. You've got to triage, use 80, 20, but just don't assume and be careful and, and look for where there could be gaps. Right. And I would also say when you have all that data, when you have all the numbers, as you look at that, remember that these are human beings. And so, you know, remember that they have these emotions, that they aren't always going to behave the way that they say and all these things, because we are still people. And as we learned, and we will continue to learn over and over and over, this these lessons don't go away, is that we think we know people. <laughs> <laughs> And then we don't. Are you so. trying to say something to me? No. <laughs> no. What? What? <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, I first of all, we'd like to thank everybody for their vote. I'm here to bring together those who voted for me and those who didn't. <laughs> but I know one thing we can all agree on is we all enjoyed episode 169 of Crack the Customer Code. Don't forget to subscribe. Check out all our episodes and send us feedback at crackthecustomercode.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. I, am I the vice president? Can we say that? I don't know. Um, you didn't give yourself a title. <laughs> I didn't. Find out about our content, consulting, training, and speaking offers and see my TEDx talk at 360connects.com. And thank you to audible.com for sponsoring this episode. Get access to a massive audiobook library and a free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash customer code. 
And I'm Adam Sport. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training, as well as my book, Leave Your Customer's Hero, at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. Take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.